Never underestimate a heart of a champion. What up, Dub Nation, to another episode of the Catch and Dubs podcast. We're your host, I'm Ethan, and I am joined by my duo, my Splash Bro, and my co-host, Zach. Before we get into Warriors talk, we got March Madness Final Four just happening as of this recording. Um, Duke got knocked out, and Kansas moving on to the finals. So were you surprised by Duke getting knocked out as uh, Coach K's last game against UNC? No, I was not. Uh, and I mean, I was surprised because I, I thought it was all scripted because it's Coach K's final last dance. He plays North Carolina for the first time ever in the NCAA tournament, who are their arch rivals, um, who they lost to in at in Coach K's final home game at Duke, and they beat in the ACC tournament, and now they're matching up in the Final Four, big stage, big setting. Yeah, it was scripted. And then Duke ends up losing, um, obviously, to UNC, North Carolina. How about them heels? Michael Jordan's alma mater, and they're playing Kansas. Kansas versus North Carolina. I, I want to run with the underdog story with an eight seed winning the title, but I, I'm going to trust my gut and go with Kansas. Um, I think that's my pick. That's my pick. Also, history hasn't been kind to the higher seeds, too, because the last time it, like the highest seed has won in the NCAA tournament was in – 1980 something. The lowest seed, the lowest seed, the lowest seed. Oh, the lowest seed. That's what they were, they referred to it as the, the lowest seed. Oh, the lowest seed that won was Villanova back in like 1980 something. Uh, Butler, uh, you texted me this like in 2010, they were an eight seed, but they lost in the finals. So yeah, they were a seven or eight seed that took uh, that uh, went to the final four and they lost to Duke and Gordon Hayward threw up that half court. Buzzer beater to win it and bounced out. Yeah, that uh, that game. But Gordon, hey, Hayward. anything can happen. We saw St. Peter's make a absolute Cinderella run to the Elite Eight. So anything can happen. Them peacocks. Yeah. All right. So um, Warriors, uh, they had an amazing win against the Jazz, but we're gonna look at big picture. All right. So. Um, last episode, um, that, that was Atlanta game. Um, the next four games, there were one and three without Steph. Um, after the Celtics game, there were two and seven, four and ten after, I mean, this season without Steph. Would you say that this season has been disappointing with the way they started off, like 27 and six at one point? Excuse me. Disappointing, uh, no. Uh, from the from the standpoint that Draymond was out for two and a half months, something like that, 30, 40 games, um, should they have probably kept on and held, held on to the two seed? Yes. But sometimes we can't have everything we want in this world. And we can't control injuries. 
Um, Draymond got hurt in early January and was out all the way until March. And then the basketball gods saw that, oh, Steph, Clay, Draymond, they're all back on the floor together. Yeah, well, I'm going to fuck that up. And we're going to come boom it. And Steph gets hurt. Um, and now the Warriors are, out, are without Steph. Um, and it really just shows. I just got to keep it honored. Steph is that Steph should just give him the MVP because the Warriors are a completely different team with no identity at all without him on the floor. The Warriors lost to the Orlando Magic, <laughs> who at the time were 19 and 54 and a top three lottery team. I mean, without Steph. And that was with a Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins all healthy and playing in that game, all four of them. And they still lost to the Orlando Magic. But um, do I think they – if if there were no injuries at all, I think they probably would have won the two, gotten the two seed. Um, I don't think anyone was going to catch the Suns. Um, but, I mean, the Grizzlies came out as a surprise this year um, as they were a playing team last year. I didn't expect them to be a two seed. Um, but – they're damn sure playing like one, um, especially without John Moran. You can make the argument that they could be better with John Moran off the floor. They're like 20 and two without John Moran. Yeah, but um, I think as it stands, I don't think from the way they started, I don't, I wouldn't count it as a failure because of how many injuries they've dealt with. Yeah, I get that. But I think I was trying to refer to like as a disappointing end. To like the hard hot start we had, like you would expect that we yes go... from the, from from that standpoint that the Warriors yeah. could finish at fifty and thirty two after starting twenty eight and six, hell a hundred percent yes yeah. that's a failure <laughs> yeah could because like especially especially that they started twenty eight and six and majority of those games were at with were without a healthy Clay, Clay. Thompson who was at a hundred percent and a Clay Thompson who played like he did tonight against the Jazz? Yes. <laughs> then <laughs> 50, 30, 50 and 32 after starting 28 to 6, yes, that is a failure. That Yes. There's also a stat out there, too, where after the All-Star break, the Warriors are bottom five in win percentage or win record. So, yeah, it didn't bottom look that great. Record? Yeah, not surprising. Yeah, after All-Star break. You would think we thought that the Warriors would kind of heat up because that's what history tells us about the Warriors, but somehow they just did the complete opposite. Um, don't know why, but it is what it is. At least they clinched the playoff spot, but we'll talk about that later on. Um, we know that Steph's out for the regular season, right? So that's going to be four, I think four games or five games. So what do you think the Warriors are at at the end of the season? Do you think, they win two. Boy, they... this is going to be a good topic. Oh, Ready. let's go. I want to hear you. Let's go. <laughs> All right, so the Warriors, we'll get into it, but they beat the Jazz. Um, they play in Sacramento tomorrow. And according to Steve Kerr from a couple of days ago, Clay, Draymond, and Otto Porter Jr. probably will not be playing in that game. Um, so from the with how the Warriors have played without Steph, this could definitely be a trap game. Um, again, and 
to say that it's a trap game when you're playing Sacramento is extremely disappointing in my mind. Um, because Steve's probably going to toss out a starting lineup of Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga. They know you're, dude, you're forgetting Damian Lee. Damian Lee's going to start. Yeah, in this Damian, game. Damian Lee's going to start as well. And then Kevon Looney, who doesn't get any rest, but um, that's fine. Um, and they're going to go up against the Kings team who has a very good young guard in Davion Mitchell. They won't have De'Aaron Fox most likely, but Davion Mitchell will be someone to watch for. Um, so if I'm going to start with the games that they should win, they should beat the Kings. Um, they should beat the Lakers, but you know, knowing that that won't happen. Uh, they should beat the Spurs and they should beat the Pelicans. So they should win all four. Um, but there's a but at the end. But yeah, <laughs> I think if we're being realistic, they beat they beat the Kings. They lose against um, the Lakers. Somehow mess it <laughs> as up. As much as I hate to say it, they they lose to the Lakers. And from looking back on this season, with how what however the Warriors finish, losing two games <laughs> to this Lakers team is outright embarrassing but um they the lakers have lost five straight too as a recording so if i'm being totally honest i think they win all four um i think at no i i I can't give that false optimism (laughs) i think i think i think they go three and one i think they they beat the kings i think they beat the spurs i think they beat the pelicans yes and i think it's embarrassing that they get wiped on their home floor against the lakers but it could happen so i'm going to get to put it in the loss column so that gives them three and one and i think they're probably going three and one i think they probably stay in that three seed range because you look go into dallas's schedule dallas plays milwaukee tomorrow which is hell for anyone going up against Giannis. And they play the Pistons, which is probably a win. The Pistons have been playing well as of late. They play the Blazers, they play the Spurs. So if you realistically look at it, the Warriors have an easier schedule, but <laughs> it's the Warriors. So they could lose three of those games and only win one of them and then drop down to the five seed. Um but, okay, but I think at worst they finish at the four seed because I think um, yes, because you look at it and Utah and Denver haven't clinched the playoff spot and they're five and six. So and they have the upper hand on Denver at, with winning the season series, I believe. Same with the Jazz too. So I think at worst they end up at the four seed. But, but my final prediction, the Warriors go three and one. They stay in the three seed, and that's it. I say my prediction, they go two and two. They lose to the Lakers. They lose to the Pelicans, who are surging right now. So, I mean, they're going to be on that play and push for that 10th seat. So, I think um, the Pelicans will go all out. I don't know if the Warriors would rest their guys depending on seeding and all that. So, it all depends on what they look like after the Spurs game. So, I think they lose that Pelicans game and the Lakers game. I don't know. Like LeBron has like some agenda against the Warriors, so he always does well every single time. So no, I I, I think they're gonna lose that game because LeBron's gonna go off, and he knows that the Lakers are currently a game out of the play-in. They wouldn't even they wouldn't even be in the play-in tournament right now. 
And you look at the Lakers schedule. Yeah, that's not friendly. They play the Nuggets tomorrow. That's an L. They play the Suns. That's an L. They play the Warriors. That's a W. They play the Thunder. That's a W. And they play the Nuggets. That's an L. So the Warriors. So the Lakers are at grave risk of missing and playing entirely, which I think is incredible Hilarious. comedy. But um, I think the Warriors somehow messed that up. But I, I, I seriously. I seriously hope they don't mess it up. I just don't have much optimism that they're going to take that game. Seriously? Seriously. And, you know, it's LeBron. It's Draymond's playing LeBron. So, I mean, I don't. Oh, yeah, yeah. Draymond, his, clutch bro, his clutch buddy has to, uh, you know, make him look good, you know. Exactly. But has to, I, throw, has yeah. to throw the game. I'm going to predict right now you can come back to this episode, but. I bet you that Draymond gets thrown out that game. Would you I mean, be surprised? I wouldn't be surprised, but I mean, why would you want to get thrown out to go watch the game in the locker room when you can watch him live on the court? Oh, outside? that's true. That's true. But I think the I think the Warriors stay in the three seed. Yeah, I think so I think, too. I think if they drop down to the four seed and they play the Jazz or the Nuggets, I don't think it will be terrible matchup. Um, oh, wait, since we're talking about matchups now, like, who's the most ideal out of those four teams? You got Dallas, Denver, Utah, and possibly the Timberwolves. Who do you think, in your opinion, is um, the most ideal I like, out of I those like, four? I like, I like Denver and Utah. You saw how the Jazz completely collapsed in the fourth quarter, and they have previous history of – I'm collapsing in the fourth quarter. I wouldn't mind it. And the Warriors were playing without Steph. Um, granted, Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson put the whole team on their shoulders and said, let's take them to victory. And they did. Um, I I liked the matchup against the Mavs. I just don't, especially if Steph's not 100%. And it's... Per se, Steph's not ready to go game one. You have to go up against Luca. Don't really like that matchup. Um, I don't think from where it's standing right now that they would play the Mavs round one uh, because I think the Mavs probably will be in either the three or four seed. But with the Jazz or the Nuggets, with no Michael Porter Jr. and no Jamal Murray, I'd probably take the Nuggets over the Jazz. Um, but I think both the, I think both those matchups, the Warriors could exploit and they could take advantage of, and they could end up winning the series. Yeah, we were looking at this Jazz game tonight. We saw the Jazz run the drop only, coverage. Yeah, you can continue. I'll add on to that. Yeah, I'll just finish my point. But you know, the Jazz ran drop coverage against Clay Thompson. Out of all people, um, we saw how uh, Rudy Gobert gets exposed in pick and roll action. Um, whenever you have a guard or someone like Dre, you know, when you have that matchup, you're going to expose it every single time. And that's what the reason why the Warriors made over 20 plus threes tonight and got that comeback win. So I feel like the Jazz would be the most favorable matchup and the T-Wolves would be the least favorable matchup, in my opinion. Yeah, do I think they're going to play the Timberwolves? Probably not. But if you realistically look at it, Timberwolves are seven, and they're only two games back from the Nuggets. And if the Nuggets fumble some games, Timberwolves could slide into that six seed. And I agree. I don't think I would like to play the Timberwolves. I think the only problem with that 
matchup against either team with the Jazz and the Nuggets. I mean, the Jazz more favorable in the sense that Rudy Gobert's not as much as an offensive threat as Jokic is, but he, I think he had 20 rebounds tonight. I don't um, know, but like, no offense. It's no offense <clears throat> to Kevin Looney. The front office did jack nothing with getting some big man help and relied on a rookie who's now out for the whole entire year. And that pick is looking like a complete mistake. Exactly. Um, but I think from the sense that with the Warriors' lack of size, um, I think the Jazz could be better with how Rudy Gobert's lost an offensive threat. But you also have done a mentor, you can take the point. But I think both matchups would be, and both of them would be fine, honestly. If I was going to choose, probably be, probably be the Nuggets. I like that 3-6 yeah. matchup against the Nuggets. And you get a second round series with the Grizzlies, I would think. Okay. Okay, about the Grizzlies, though. I mean, the Clippers, I mean, who knows? Who knows? The Clippers, they have Paul George. That is, that is an interesting point because I think seriously – they're a dark horse. The Grizzlies the have teams. the Grizzlies have a little bit of some pretenders type vibes to them. They're a young team, not much playoff experience. Um, and I think you could if you get matched up in, in a series against a team like the Clippers, who ran the table last year to get all the way to the conference finals in a without Kawhi. Let's say that without Kawhi for two rounds. Exactly. With that, now with a healthy Paul George and maybe Kawhi, who knows? Yeah, I mean, they're scary, bro. I would not I want to see them at all. I wouldn't, and I think I think that could be an interesting matchup if that comes to fruition. Um, but all I need is the Warriors to play the Suns. And just have the Warriors knock out the Suns. That's all I want. That's all I want. I want Steph to end CP3 once again. That's all I need. Um, hopefully I didn't jinx anything. Yeah, just yeah, we're not jinxing anything here. Just, you know, all good vibes here. But moving past um, playoff predictions and all that, I do want to look big picture over these past few games, four games since last episode. Um, I want to talk about a couple things. Um, Clay Thompson, um, he had like this. I would call a love hate, like of how he shot the ball. He can throw up some some ridiculous wild shots that people would get frustrated with. He can throw up contested twos when you could have gotten a better shot when you pass it out. Or you look at the Jazz game tonight where he shoots like three fading threes or something, and he makes those. Um, you know, when he was struggling, people on Twitter were saying, "Oh, Clay fell off." Clay should be benched or something. Do you think that was even valid? Do you think that should have even been a take that should have occurred on Twitter? That who's better? What? Um, did Clay fall off? Uh, no. Um, I just think a lot of people forgot about him. Um, I've seen takes saying that Zach Levine and Devin Booker are better than Clay Thompson. 
Yes, Devin Booker, you should make an argument for that. Zach Levine, hell no. Just, just log off. Log off, man. Um, the way Clay Thompson performed tonight was a what I just call a master class of the art of shooting a basketball. And I don't think Devin Booker or Zach Levine can do that. Um, Clay should be bench topic. I mean, there was a right to have that maybe the type of conversation with how badly he was shooting the ball. But I think tonight proves that he can have some off games, but when he's hot, he's hot. And he turns into an absolute flamethrower out there. I mean, he did shoot five of 21 against the Suns. And you got so this, see that, that is the problem. When he's shooting, when he's shooting poorly, he tries he to shoot. Shucking. Yeah, he tries to shoot his way out of the slump and doesn't pass it. And I think that can be a problem for future games to come. So, I mean... Yeah, I see that as a problem too because people say he hijacks the offense when he just takes up. Like, kind of does, those, if we're being honest. Those contested twos that make no sense. <laughs> or like a one-legged fadeaway two that like it just makes you scratch your head. Like I, I get that he's trying to get all his shots back, but it should be a rhythm thing. It should be a catch-and-shoot thing, not an off-the-dribble thing that um, that Clay's not not done before in his career. So. Obviously, you have to see where he's coming from, but um, it's it's like I said, it's a love hate of Clay sometimes this season. You love him when he's doing well, and but you hate it sometimes when he just shoots like five of twenty one, like against the Suns. Yeah, exactly. All right, another topic I do want to talk about is the disappearance of Jonathan Kaminga these past, I would say, couple games or these past four game stretch. I want to take away the Grizzlies game because it was a blowout. Um, I already, we already knew that was going to be an automatic L. Um, but I look at the game log. He only played 14 minutes against Washington and Atlanta. And he only played five minutes against the Suns and four minutes against the Jazz. We saw Steve Kerr say he's part of the playoff rotation back many months ago. But the fact that he hasn't been getting minutes against pressure situations like the Jazz or the Suns makes you wonder why. What do you think, Zach? Um, Jonathan Kaminga hasn't gotten the minutes that he has seen like a month or two ago. I think he did something wrong. got put in the doghouse. To all like the Brandon 40- Ayuk. To all the 49er fans out there, just like Brandon Ayuk with Kyle Shanahan with fumbling the ball. Got put in the doghouse. That, that's all you can explain to what happened. And I think not having him on the floor tonight showed with how many minutes that Nemanja Bialicka had and how he was minus 15 in nine minutes when the Warriors were down, I think, at one point 20 in the second quarter. That should be Jonathan Kaminga playing, not Belly. But Steve Kerr defended his take of playing Belly more, saying that Belly offers what we haven't had in the past, a stretch big who can run the floor. Well, Steve, let me one-up you here and say, why don't you play Jonathan Kaminga, who is more, an, who is a athletic 
young rookie who can play with the two, the three, the four, the five, even not maybe not the five, but who can play two, three, or four, run up the floor, play defense, and he's adjusted into a sort of role player esque role on the Warriors and. I think just him riding the bench before the postseason isn't going to help. He needs minutes that will help boost development, morale, etc. But he's in the doghouse. That's what happened. He did something wrong to get put on the bench like that. Also, too, Jonathan Kaminga has shown that he's 10 times better than Nemanja Bialitska. I don't get it. It's like Steve Kerr is out there experimenting with his rosters again. When we're four games out of the playoffs, he's not tightening his rotations, and I don't get why. Um, he doesn't want to, I guess. I swear to God, if Belly and Damian Lee gets playoff minutes, I am. I'm they about- will. They will. You gotta. You gotta understand that that's going to happen. It'll happen. It may not happen game one, but it's gonna happen some point in the series. Steve's gonna say. Uh, we're down 10. Well, you know, F it, man. Let's put Damian Lee out there to see if he can give us some energy. And Damian Lee starts hitting, starts missing threes. Damian Lee gets paid gets paid to shoot three-pointers. And the only time this year that I can remember where he's been on it was that game against Miami where he was shooting lights out. And then he got to put back on the bench the, the game after. Um, but Damian Lee gives you that uh, the fool's gold game where he gives you 28, he like plays like on the bench, he's like play a role player minutes for like the next three games, exactly. And it, exactly. And it gives you nothing. If we're talking about a playoff rotation, it should be starting lineup of Steph, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, or you could put Draymond Green, Kevin Looney, Wiggins comes off the bench. As much as I don't like that, as I don't think a $30 million player, $30 million a year player should be coming off the bench, but you know, it's Andrew Wiggins. So don't get me wrong. Andrew, Andrew Wiggins did play well tonight. I just need to give my props to Andrew Wiggins. He did. He did. He did. Um, but I think the three guard lineup is lethal. You put Steph, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green. I think Draymond at the small five. I think that could work. You bring Loon off the bench, I think that would work. Then you have Kevon Looney, GP2, Andre Godala. Surprisingly, Andre Godala's played three straight games without missing time. He's going to miss um, time tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, he won't play tomorrow, that's for sure. Um, Andre Godala, Otto Porter Jr., there's four. Jonathan Kamenga, I'd probably put in there. Um, that gives you five guys right there. Um, that's your 10 round rotation. I think, I think that's, you probably need, I think nine at the minimum, 10 at the max. And I think the 10th guy you can put in there is maybe Moses Moody. Um, I think JTA, Damian Lee and belly have no reason to be in that rotation. And belly shows tonight minutes. Belly showed tonight that he has no reason to be in that rotation with being minus 15 and getting, no, Belly doesn't need to be in that rotation. Neither does JTA, who I don't think has gotten minutes since February. I don't know how long. Um, and then Damian Lee, yeah, no, doesn't deserve to be in that rotation. Um, but I think if you're adding a 10th guy, you probably put Moses Moody in there. Yeah, that lineup is solid. It's provided quality minutes. Yeah, that lineup is solid. Don't need to touch it. Like, 
and I need to see the th- three guard lineup because that's the new death lineup. That's lethal right there. If Steph, Clay, Jordan Poor all in the A game like they were against the Bucks, they're going sixteen and zero in the postseason. Let me tell you. Okay, that. you're capping, bro. You're capping. They're gonna be pulling a. Is it 2017 or 28? 2017 is 2017. when they won 15 and 1. Six, yeah, they won 15 and 1. <laughs> we're going to be doing that again. Let's get you're, you're very optimistic, my guy. Oh, but yeah, I'm it's like optimistic. a three, it's a three, it's a three dragon. It's like a hydra, basically. You got three heads. Not optimistic. I'm just stating the truth, eh? Yeah, you're not you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You saw <laughs> what KD did tonight, 55. And he still lost. Yeah, you still off. Maybe you shouldn't have left Golden State. Oh boy, we're not having this conversation again. We'll move this forward. <laughs> I want to say this again. Jordan Poole deserves his money. He is getting his money. And if the Warriors are smart, they lock him up. And if they are, if they don't lock him up, they're really stupid for uh, not locking. They don't him lock him up. I'm protesting. Like an Arsenal vibe, like a soccer fan. You you stand outside Chase Center. That's BS. If they don't pay him his money. They're going to let him walk. He's a restricted free agent, I'm pretty sure. But you trade Andrew Wiggins to New York Knicks, and then you sign Jordan Poole to a five-year, $100 million deal, and it's done. Then you sign GP2 and Otto Porter Jr. to friendly JTA-like contracts, two years. Then you finished. Then you call Justinian Jessup, Australian boy. We don't need any more teenagers on this team, bro. We have three already. Then that's it. That's a wrap. Or you could put James um, in a trade package just up. uh, (laughs) I don't think James Wiseman would up Andrew Wiggins' trade value. But, um, yeah, James Wiseman has almost a non-trade value right now. So he's probably. It's at rock bottom, bro. It's at rock bottom. But, yeah, so you would probably trade Andrew Riggins to sign Jordan Poole to that deal. Um, Andrew Riggins would be entering a contract year, so, I mean, it could work, could work. But Jordan Poole deserves his money, and Joe Laker better be able to pay it because I would be pissed if that doesn't happen. Let me tell you that. I think Warriors fans would be really pissed if they don't sign him. Resign him. Yeah, I'm planning on buying a Jordan Poole jersey, and if he's not coming back next year, they're not planning on resigning him. That's not cool. Yeah, but um, things are starting to come together um, somewhat, I guess. We saw the Suns game, right? Um, they would have won that game had it not been for 21 turnovers and missed layups. And Clay Thompson not have, having the – Worst shooting night of his life, five of twenty-one. Um, but I if think Steph was great... if Steph was playing, they would have won by fifteen. If we're being honest. Okay, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, and when they meet in the playoffs, the Warriors are winning at five, so it won't matter anyways. Um, and oh, stop be... it! That's going six or seven, bro. Steph will be ending Chris Paul again, just like old times. Um, be beautiful. Um. Can't jinx myself, though. Can't jinx myself. I'm going to knock off some wood here. 
Um, let's hope the Warriors win in Sacramento tomorrow. Um, I'm gonna guess that Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Andre. Well, I know damn for damn for damn sure Andre Andre Iguodala isn't playing in the game against the Kings, so Andre Iguodala will not be playing. Most likely, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green will not be playing, but it'll be a Jordan Poole masterclass, hopefully. Um, but. About it. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Um, thank you all for listening to episode eighty something. I'm pretty sure eighty two or an eighty two. Eighty two. Um, make sure you uh, follow us on Instagram at Kitchen Dubs Pod and on Twitter at Dubs Pod. Um, uh, what's coming up? We got the Warriors on Sunday. Then we got the Warriors. Oh, they get a couple of days of rest before that Lakers game. Warriors play Lakers on Thursday. Then they finish off the regular season with a back-to-back. Back-to-back. You know, Steve's resting, resting players in the back-to-back and effing up the seating. But Saturday against Spurs in San Antonio. And Sunday in New Orleans against Herbert Jones and the New Orleans Pelicans. So, Warriors, they clinched that playoff spot, though. Warriors Warriors playoff basketball is back for the first time since 2019. 2019, the year where the Toronto Raptors won the NBA Finals. Well, we all know, we all know, with a healthy staff, Clay, Katie, Draymond, and my boy, Jordan Bell, the Warriors would have won in five. They would have won in five. Let me tell you that. Um, and Fred Van Vliet would have not been hitting 30-footers um, in game four and game three. Man turned in like, 2016 staff in those games. It's ridiculous. That pissed me off. Um, but we'll catch you in the next episode. Um, go Warriors. They say fly girls have more fun. So what? So you should enjoy yourself. Yeah, yeah. You should enjoy yourself.